Welcome to an extra special bonus episode of Chapel Bell Curve. As always, I am Justin, and instead of Nathan today, I'm joined by someone very special who's near and dear to many a damn good dog, former Georgia offensive tackle Matt Stinchcomb. Thanks so much for joining me today, Matt. Man, I really appreciate you having me on. I love the name of this thing. That's a great idea. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so we do things uh, a little differently on Chapel Bell Curve. We like to, as I told you while we were off air, talk about the experience surrounding the, the football games. And so we, we get to the actual football game through the experience that got us there. And so I'm going to start way, way early for you, if you don't mind answering a question real quick. When you were little, did you imagine you would be a football player? And if not, what did you think you were going to be when you grew up? Uh, hmm. No, I don't think it was a football player, although... It was probably like everybody, I probably thought I was going to be a cowboy or something. <laughs> you know, when I was little, it was, I think the first Star Wars movie came out the year I was born. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, when I, depending on how far back and ridiculous my notions were and at what age, I probably thought I was going to be like the next Han Solo or something. You know, it is a shame that Nathan is not here because that is Nathan's biggest hero is Han Solo himself. <laughs> Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. who doesn't like a bad boy smuggler turn good, you know? Exactly. Everybody's favorite story. So skip ahead a little bit then. When you were, were headed to college, before you came to Georgia, were there other schools in the running for you? And, and what eventually locked you into attending college in Athens? I took a bunch of other visits. Uh, all of them were weeks where whatever team I was visiting was playing Georgia. So I guess I superficially entertained other opportunities. Mm-hmm. It was really just to take advantage of the uh, of the chance to go watch Georgia play in different stadiums. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty much a foregone conclusion for me that um, growing up in Georgia, growing up a Georgia fan, um, never really anticipated a chance to play for Georgia. And so when that opportunity presented itself, I, that wasn't one that I was weighing against really any others. Talking about the town real quick, I, I do have a question about Athens before we get into uh, a little bit more about football. What are some some things that you really enjoy about Athens? Like, is there any uh, are there any favorite places, people, things, or things you have to do whenever you come to town? Uh yeah. I mean, if I've got time, uh, I love to eat at the uh, the lunch counter at Add Drugs. Yeah. Just, there's not many places like that anymore, and I probably should stop talking about it because then I won't have anywhere to sit. Um, <laughs> That's fair. But it's. I just love it. You know, you know, it was the place, yeah. you know, Coach Goff used to go there when I was there, and then guys, you know, you find out about it, and you think, man, this is this is the spot. You know, you won't live long if you make a too frequent of a habit of eating there. Yeah. But um, it does make life more interesting, that's for sure. And they do it old school. <laughs> it's a lot of fun in that regard. Uh, that's one of the spots for sure. I will tell you, I do have somebody that works in my, my co-working office that is 93 years old, and he enjoys ad drug about three or four times a week, so I think you'll be okay. <laughs> oh, who knows? Yeah, maybe it's a fountain of youth in those hand-spun milkshakes. Then. Mm-hmm. It could very well be. So um, moving past that, your, your resume, after doing a little bit of research uh, on you just past what I knew from Georgia football, your resume is pretty extensive, and you have a number of accolades and a number of achievements. But I'm, I'm kind of curious, is there anything that you're most proud about from your list of achievements? You know, being named team captain was a big deal for me. Um, that meant a lot. You know, whenever you're with those guys and your teammates, and so to be recognized in that regard, um, that, was, that was really special. Um, yeah. So I think that one's probably 
that one probably stands out the most to me was mm -hmm. you know, when I was playing at Georgia to be uh, to be named captain was was special. So while you were at Georgia, you were also nominated to the All-State AFCA Good Works team, which uh, for those that don't, aren't familiar with that, it's awarded to student athletes and support staff that go above and beyond for their community off the field. But I can't imagine from my limited knowledge of being a student athlete at the University of Georgia, being able to fit any more than is required of you into your already busy schedule. So could you talk a little bit about that experience and, and how were you able to actually manage being recognized in this way? And what was that like? Uh, well, you know, it was, it was really, I would say humbling, but I don't know that people ever really mean it in that regard. I think it was honoring probably second only to, to the team captaincy was this recognition. And Georgia is really intentional and they still are. In fact, the guy that does it, um, Robert Miles, um, who makes sure that guys are taking advantage of the opportunities to participate in community activities and give back and recognize the platform that they have. You know, he's still over there. He's still doing it. And he was doing mm -hmm. it when I was there. And, um, you know, he's just a remarkable man. And the school itself, um, uh, the athletic department is very intentional in that regard to make sure that, that guys are aware and that they foster that type of activity. And so that's how, you know, there's not a ton of time. Uh, there's a huge time demand um, between athletics and academics. And yet, um, and not just in Georgia, but across the country, and at every level of football, these guys are finding ways to give back. And they're giving back in big ways. I, I would have never made this team. Um, I would have never qualified. The, the amount of work that is being done and the amount that's being given back of their time and their resources and their talents is staggering. Starting their own nonprofits, um, beginning their own fundraising drives, awareness drives. Um, these kids are, they are really impressive. I mean, hope for the future in, uh, in spades. It's, it's um, compelling. Is there anything, uh, do you have a memorable experience you want to share just from that time of, of being uh, nominated for the Good Works team? Like maybe a memorable time of, of volunteering, a memorable experience you want to share? Wow, there's a bunch. You know, we did, um, Robert, would, Robert would come into the cafeteria at the Old McCorder Hall. And, you know, next thing you know, you're, you're in a, the, one of the vans. Uh, the athletic department vans and you're at a school and you're reading to kids mm -hmm. and um, or you're, you know, you're mentoring a kid at, at Clark central high school um, or you're on a weekend and you're on a roof, you know, helping build a, a habitat for humanity house. That one probably stands out the most because despite our best efforts, you know, after we were done, I'm pretty sure somebody had to come back up there and fix that roof. <laughs> we did not know what we were doing. And thank goodness that the, uh, whatever they are, the rafters or whatever they use to hold the roof up, whoever built mm -hmm. those did a great job because it was mostly me and my fellow offensive line mates that were up uh -huh. there. That's, that's a lot of weight to be sitting up on a roof. <laughs> um, so that one stands out quite a bit. You know, we weren't the most comfortable up there, um, but that was one of many, you know, Habitat for Humanity projects um, that we were able to participate in. Mm -hmm. And what is something you would say to students out there that may not have already volunteered or served in their community, but they might be hesitant to get involved? What could you say to maybe push them over that to, to get them involved? Yeah, I, you know, I would say just, just do it anyway. 
even mm-hmm. if you're hesitant, just do it anyway. I mean, no one has regretted giving back and volunteering. I've never heard that story. I've never heard of an instance where somebody says, oh, gosh, I just hate that I invested <laughs> this time towards this worthy cause. What a waste of my time. It's just never been said. Um, however, you know, part of it, too, is a level of awareness of, of what is out there and how to best get involved. And, you know, thankfully, that was completely short-circuited because we didn't have to. You know, Robert, mm-hmm. you know, and then once you've done it, you recognize, hey, this is something I really enjoy. This is something I want to do again. This is something that I might be good at or something that you know, resonated with me um, especially. And so this is something I'd want to kind of lean into more. Um, but, yeah, if there's a level of hesitancy, you, know, you, you skip even asking yourself, why am I hesitant, and just go volunteer somewhere. With my, my last few minutes here with you, I do have to talk to you about football, of course. I, talk, I have to talk to you about the game. So <laughs> I would be uh, in a lot of trouble if I didn't. But uh, there's a big matchup this weekend, as everyone knows, with uh, Georgia-Florida. And so being uh, a member of the Georgia-Florida Hall of Fame yourself, are there any favorite game day traditions from this rivalry that, that really stand out for you? Oh, man. I mean, you know, uh, as a player, no. <laughs> it's, it's it's weird because I do love the fact I don't know if it's a tradition, but the fact uh-huh. that the stadium is fifty fifty is really unique. That's yeah. just unique, uh, and it's truly fifty fifty. I mean, there's other games, you know, with uh, some of these kind of you know, just kick off the season bowl game type games, and those are great. Um, you know, the Peach Bowl, the Chick Fil A does a great job with theirs. Uh, they obviously have one every year in, in Dallas and Jerry World, um, and those are great. But those venues are never 50-50. Mm-hmm. You know, they might have had access to 50-50, but they don't play out as 50-50. You look at Georgia-Florida, that's a 50-50 stadium. Georgia mm-hmm. takes their tickets and their people show up. Florida takes their tickets and their people show up. That's unique. Um, and that's what you know makes that game, I think, stand out more so than in others. Mm-hmm. Is uh, the fact that those fan bases... Uh, they show up, they're engaged in the game, and uh, that venue um, is evenly split uh, amongst the competitors. When we all sit down to watch this game at 3.30 on Saturday, what are some things that we hope to see, uh, that fans can, can kind of see and, and signal to them that this is going well, going in George's direction? What are some things we need to see? Yeah, well, you know, the one thing I think would be is manage the third downs offensively versus a team mm-hmm. that uh, this is the best defense that Georgia will have seen. And you know, top to bottom may end up being the best defense it sees all year, although they'll see Auburn that's, that's exceptional on defense as well. But this is a team that can you know, bring just about every exotic blitz or pressure that's in the book. Ty Grantham has got more than anybody else. Uh, and they tend to be able to execute quite, quite a few of them very, very well. But the difference this year – is that he really doesn't always have to because they've got such good talent up front when it comes to pass rush. If Zaniga and Grenard are both healthy, then that's going to be a headache, and that's something to certainly be able to uh, manage that element of the game. If you're unsuccessful on first and second down, if you're not able to get explosive plays, you're going to face a lot more third downs and need to. Um then that's going to be a pivotal element, I think, to this football game. The other side of it will be, you know, if Georgia can force Florida to be one-dimensional, 
Georgia, uh, Florida has not been a great run team. They've kind of relied mm-hmm. on big explosive plays to prop up that side of their offense, and they've gotten them, um, certainly versus Auburn, certainly versus South Carolina. But if Georgia can avoid those and make Florida earn it uh, offensively through the year, um, you know, that's, that's the A plan. Despite Kyle Trask's ability to really step into the shoes of Felipe Franks and probably really um, outgrow his footprint, uh, from a production standpoint, I do think that um, if Georgia can get the game to that to that point, then that's a win, and that's not that unique. I mean, that's true of most mm-hmm. weeks. But uh, Florida should not; uh, they shouldn't be very successful running the football. Um, that's not something that has been much of a drumbeat for their offense this season. Um, if they are, then um, you know that's that's going to be a long day for Georgia defensively. Mm-hmm. Which that kind of answers the opposite of my question is what don't we want to see? What is something that's going to signal to fans that things are not going the way <laughs> we want them to be going? And these last two games are are, are less of outliers than we may have uh, originally uh, perceived them to be, if that makes sense. The absence of the, of the explosive play doesn't have to be an 80-yarder. doesn't have to be a 50-yarder. But the chunk plays uh, mm-hmm. for Georgia offensively, they have, to, they have to generate more than they have the last two times out. Now, you know, Kentucky, you play a conservative. It's a rainy day. You get all that. Um, you know, you're, you're playing opposite a third-string quarterback, a converted wide receiver, all those things. So um, does it make sense to be conservative? It does in the long term. Um, but they're going to have to have explosive plays in this game. If they're not getting them, uh, that's going to be – that's a concern. Because to be able to just drive the football versus this defense, um, that's going to be a challenge to do that consistently. Uh, you'll be hard-pressed to be able to do that possession after possession. And mm-hmm. then, of course, on the other side, I think it's the ground game. If, for whatever reason, Florida is able to establish that, you know, Dan Mullen has, been, has done an excellent job as a play caller of uh, finding ways to generate yardage and scoring opportunities, despite an offensive front that is not great uh, as, a, as a run-blocking unit. Uh, if they're able to get that going, you know, if you're from Georgia's perspective, um, it's going to be difficult to come out with a victory. And uh, my last question for you is, is, are you somebody that will throw out predictions for scores? Yeah, I think Georgia wins this game. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you know, South Carolina is an anomaly. Um, I don't think that they come out there and win it because there's some uh, completely uh, revolutionized and um, renovated offense, offensive philosophy. I don't think that's even necessary or warranted. Um, but I do think it's a tight game. I think it makes sense for this to be a fourth-quarter game. And I think Georgia wins by three. I think that's probably the biggest difference in this game mm-hmm. um, is Georgia's scoring ability from downrange with Rodrigo Blankenship. That's actually the last question I have for you. I really enjoyed this. Um, I hope you did, too. Are you outside enjoying like the rain somewhere? Unfortunately, yeah, I'm sitting in my truck. Uh, okay. <laughs> because I couldn't find anywhere quiet, and then, of course, it rained, so I apologize. I was trying to figure out if it was keyboards or rain, but no, you're totally fine. I'm glad that, that I was able to catch you at all. No, I'm grateful for it. Thanks, man. Of course. Enjoy this Saturday. We'll talk to you soon, I hope.